Suave Afternoon, Suave Afternoon, Suave Afternoon. This is Brother Suave, your mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, and career. Hope you guys have a suave day. Yeah, and with that, let's commence the pay. Okay, I'm so suave you so suave Together we can fix the trauma that's befalling us. Divine social interactions remains marvelous. Mind-blowing, suave talk, higher consciousness. But think, let not your hearts be troubled. Dr. Brother Suave, divine light give you double. Greetings. This is Dr. Brother Suave, mind-blowing, thought-provoking eye-opening, on-air personality, life coach, psychotherapist, author, and creator, and your social divine therapist and host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Swall. Tonight, we're going to be talking about some very sensitive issues, matters of the heart, and being able to share some mind-blowing, thought-provoking, and eye-opening dialogue. So tonight's topic, family, life, and love. We're gonna be talking about something that hopefully we can empower those, but it's all about listening and processing. See, many times our voices aren't heard regarding child rearing relationships and our personal experiences with our female counterparts. I'm not here to start any friction there's already been enough of that in the past. But I'm also definitely not a yes man. And speaking of yes man, I have a question for my sisters. I wanna ask you a question. Do you only love me when my answer is yes? I ask this question because it appears that when we have a disagreement or I happen to say no, Sometimes my sisters go straight for the juggler. We go from zero to a hundred in a matter of seconds. It becomes to be very disrespectful. Um, the name calling comes and my orientation is under a soul. And to me, these actions and a lot of other brothers, this, this seems to exemplify the definition of hate. And sometimes it seems worse than racism. So as I define the definition of hate, it's saying, feel intense or passionate dislike for someone. So when I think about some, uh, some synonyms, you loathe someone. You have this hatred, this resentment for us. Um, hostility, ill will towards us. Sometimes you are disgusted by us. Contempt, bitterness, and distaste for us. And um, so as a result of these reactions going from zero to 100, sometimes I feel that sometimes when we make our thoughts known or we make decisions that sometimes in the best interest of us, there seems to be an issue. Now this dynamic, it's so contentious. I just think it's because right now more brothers are starting to communicate better, communicating their real thoughts and speaking their minds. But sometimes it's being interpreted as a, an assault. It's, it seems like the, the, the word no is unacceptable. And as a professional, it just reminds me of my experience working with autistic kids. When an autistic kid is told no, they get upset and they hit their head. Sometimes they'll raise their hand to hit you. And sometimes they will. But sometimes they get really violent because they don't respond well to no. They don't respond well to redirection. And this reminds me of these dynamics between the brothers and the sisters. And so please don't misinterpret me saying my sisters are autistic. I am not saying that. So please just listen and don't take offense, but just listen. So tonight we're going to be discussing these dynamics along with how uh, to improve our relationships with ourselves, our families, 
our children, our community, and how to become a better man, a better father, and a better human being. And lastly, I want to say, rest in peace, Kevin Samuels. Listen, you may not agree with uh, his attitude, his technique, or his presentation, but truth, facts, and numbers, they are stubborn and they don't lie. But I want to say to some of the people who profess to being a Christian, who have these nice posts about being a, a man or woman of God, but then you say these harsh things, celebrating, viciously celebrating another human being's death. And at the end of the day, I just don't think it's a good thing to viciously celebrate a person's death because you don't agree with their viewpoints. So um, I just think it's hateful. And we just have enough hatred in this world. So tonight, I'm going to be having on my my very special guest, Mr. Fred Jones, and um, we're gonna we're gonna have a nice dialogue because this month is, of course, Mental Health Awareness Month. But on the Doctor Brothers um, Social Therapy with Doctor Brother Suave, we on we on this. I'm proud of you, Black man, and Black man's dialogue. So, Mr. Fred Jones, I'm gonna read this. He's a funding advisor. Aside from having an abundant career in the financial sector, Fred had a vivid and colorful life, full of great highs and compelling challenges. After graduating from Miami Central High School as an elite student athlete, he attended South Carolina State University, whoop, the Bulldogs, where he played football, working to train and condition his mind and body for the demanding sport that would later be a blessing as the events of his life began to unfold. After settling down and starting a family, Frederick thought he was on his way to achieving the American dream. Brother, you did. But soon found himself in the midst of a contentious divorce. After dust had settled, he lifted himself up and continued to carry on, raising two amazing, I'm sorry, suave, amazing daughters who are his pride and joy. The oldest who graduated in, uh, from a college in Florida in just three years currently practices law in the state of Florida and his youngest is currently in college in the state of Florida studying film. So I just want to tell you, I'm proud of you, black man. And so without further ado, let's bring on Mr. Fred Jones. Thank you, brother Suave. I don't know how to take that, but that was very flattering. It's kind of surreal to hear those words, but I um, just want to thank you for the introduction. Um, thank you. Before I get into that, I must say shout out to my Rocket Nation and the Bulldogs, number one, and you're okay yourself, Mr. Suave, and we're not going to talk about the school you went to, but it's all good. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> but y'all are our champions, I believe, so yes, congratulations, yes. and and you not only being a winner, you coming from a winning program, Central South Carolina, right. and being a winner yourself, and and I celebrate you. I appreciate that. I really do. So, so listen, thank you for coming on, man. You know, um, tonight we just having a dialogue, you know, and I always want to tell my brothers out there, I'm proud of you, Black man. You know, sometimes our voice is not heard, but I'm going to tell you, I love you. I celebrate you. I respect you. And so I always tell my brothers out there, if nobody tell you I love you, I'm going to tell you because I don't have a hang up on it, you know. And so, listen, ladies and gentlemen, you know, this brother, let me tell you, it's funny. I, I, I've known him, but didn't know him all my life. I remember he was a very like a best friend, a brother of my very first cousin. And so I would see him from time to time back in the days um, at our school, Westview Junior High. But we really didn't speak. I didn't say too much to him. However, um, I was living in Atlanta and um, my aunt passed. And I moved back. I moved back to uh, Miami. You know, we were just going through some family things. And I remember us connecting, uh, maybe after not seeing him, maybe 30 years or so. Um, nevertheless, we connected and we continued to 
speak and learn so many things that we had in common as um, athletes, as 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 men who have been married, uh, men who have had some challenges, some struggles, but also having an abundant life. And we was able to transition to not really knowing each other to becoming brothers. And um, and let me tell you, brothers, you're not always the only one that's going through things and we have to always take pride um, in our experiences. So when we have experiences, good, bad, or different, we have to somewhat try to capitalize off those experiences and, and make the best. But one of the things that we did, uh, Fred and myself, we began to share right and, and learn so much about each other and that's why i can sit there and say that brother's a winner and i just want to tell you man I, I appreciate our friendship our brotherhood and man you know so yeah so tell us tell the listening audience a little bit about yourself man and about your life's journey well thank you very uh suave uh, we went you know you and i we met back a long time ago through your your cousin we're like brothers and like you said it's funny that we became brothers um through different things, different avenues, through our people passing and with COVID and all these kind of things. So I'm gonna go into a little bit about myself, but before I do that, uh, Mother's Day has just passed. So for you outstanding women out there, we want to we salute you. Uh, yes. My mother was a strong woman. I just recently lost her to COVID, and my sister, who was strong women, who who taught me the definition of what a mother really is. And uh, there's no slight. Um, with everything, there's pros and cons. Uh, different sides of the coins. There's some outstanding men out there, as well as some deadbeat men out there. But I'm just gonna tell you a little bit about my journey. It's my truth. It may not be your truth, but the truth needs to be told that, you know, some of us can relate to, and most of us need to hear it. Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, Brother Suave talked about, uh, before he gave me that introduction, he was talking about relationships and how some people are like mental with it and they don't know how to react when you say no. And you always want you to be a yes. And we talk, I want to talk about yes man and no man and a Superman complex. But one of the things I wanted to, you know, speak about was when you was talking about when you say no, there's two kinds of things that happens when you say no. And I used to always tell people about this one. Let's talk about artists and little kids. When they draw on a piece of paper, some of them make a mistake while they're writing. Some of them would get a eraser and erase. And someone just ball up the paper, mm. tear it up, instead of having to, to start over to rebuild. So instead of rebuilding, they destroy because they don't know that there's another method or another mean to it. So instead of understanding the process, they tear it up. And you see it all the time with different kids. Some kids will really just go into it, and just erase. Other ones will just ball up the paper, paper out the paper, out the paper, wasted material, wasted time all over the floor when they could have just erased or corrected that mistake or just got a better understanding. And so that's how I relate to it when he was saying about the yes and the no. Uh, I was one of those yes men. I wanted to be Superman to my family. And, uh, you know, when I was growing up, um, my mom, you know, my dad wasn't really a part of my life at first, you know, it was a way. So I wanted to be different. And I saw the love that my mom gave me. So when I did fall in love and got married, I always wanted to say yes. I always wanted to do the best and never let my family down, regardless of what I had to do. Whether the hustle, this or that, check bouncing, they never had to worry about anything. But they came that day where you couldn't perform as Superman. So that's the story part of it I want to get into. Do I got enough time to go into the story now? Um, well, you can, but what we're gonna do, we're just gonna go right quick into a station identification. Yeah. It's about a quarter um um till. So we'll be right back. like this are made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems 
Neighborhood Planet Network. I blister digital media creative. And from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you. Thank you. What's up, everyone? I'm Brandy the Disconnector, wife, show host, entrepreneur, investor, and ICS certified life coach, here to tell you that I'm on NPN TV, the network that is by us and for us. Lock in and let's get it. This is Dr. Brother Suave, um, host of Social Therapy with Dr. Brother Suave, and our spe- special guest, Mr. Frederick Jones. So before we went on um, our station identification, he was mentioning something about this Superman complex. So what do you mean by the Superman complex, Mr. Jones? Well, when I say Superman complex, that means you feel like you can do it, everything. You can do everything. You always wear that cape. You have no vulnerabilities. You don't let nobody even see you cry. Don't let them see you feel you're the man of steel. So that's the Superman complex that you don't need anybody. You can scoop down and the boys in the street say, call it Captain Saber. But, you know, that's the Superman <laughs> complex. <laughs> you, you think you could do it all. And as athletes, we all have that complex because as elite athletes, we all think we're immortal in the beginning, that nothing can phase us. We can yeah. jump over cars. We're never going to get old. We don't we don't never get tired. We just have this complex. We, we don't never give up. We don't never lose. We never, you know, retreat or surrender. We always fight, fight, fight. Never cry. You know, coach say, suck it up. Get back in there. Push, push, mm-hmm. push. So that's kind of what I mean by the Superman uh, complex that nothing can penetrate you. But Superman does have kryptonite and does have some. Weakness. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and you're right, because sometimes, man, you know, and but, but see, one of the things I, I, I can say about the Superman complex is when it comes to this dynamic of our family makeup, some of us need to have it because being a head, being a leader, being a man, we are driven to take care of our families, you know, and how we're biologically made, how our creator made us. It's like our punishment was to labor, to take care of our families. Right. And our female counterpart labor was to labor and have those babies and labor and go through that thing. So, we were biologically made like that. And sometimes now I always believe overcompensation is always bad. Right. So we know that Superman doesn't exist. And, and so that complex of ours trying to be there, we have to learn how to manage that um, in some form or fashion. But we are driven to take care of our, our family, families and our children. And so I think sometimes we can do certain things as counterproductive. But that's why sometimes you got to pay attention to your body and having a, a compatible uh, companion to have those dialogues with you, you know. And sometimes I, we can't allow our egos to get in the way. Exactly, exactly. That's that's real true. I'm going to go a little bit about my story so that they can kind of understand where we're coming from. So, uh, like you said, I graduated uh, from Miami Central. I ran track and played football. I was able to get a full scholarship. Uh, at South Carolina State, you know, pretty successful. Broke my uh, leg going into my senior year. Thought I was going to make it to the pros, but I, I set out, was red-shirted. They changed the views of what they looked at for receivers. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they wanted little short, fast receivers. You know, I'm kind of, you know, challenged there, like 5'7", but I'm still good. Still got yeah. the blade feet. But they wanted more like the Jerry Rice and, uh, you know, the Terrell Owens type. So I was a little bitter about that, but it gave me a chance while I was redshirted to understand that I had a brain. So I actually focused on class and uh, yes. I was making B's and C's to straight A's. And I was like, whoa, I got a, I got a pretty decent brain there. So I, I went on ahead and majored in accounting and, and got out and, uh, you know, still was a little bit bitter about the football thing, but that's another story. Uh, but in college, 
we had this big ego thing, you know, is, is you know, being a star athlete, you know, you, you had your pick and chooses of the of the lot. Yes. And, and I kept my feelings and everything in check, you know, as far as females came, because I seen a lot on the on the campus and I know the games that they play, you know, so I, I felt like I was untouchable because I knew the game. Yeah. So fast forward, I, I got out of that and started working in the businesses and meeting different kind of people and those kind of things. And um, a lot of the people I hung out was of the Spanish culture. And they always had, you know, family gatherings where they would bring their significant others. So I started changing the way I thought. I was like, well, I don't really have nobody I want to bring out in the daytime, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> those kind of things. So I started looking for a maid. Uh, you know, I started, I always wanted that family, though, the big house with the white picket fence. And uh, so finally somebody introduced me to my, my ex-wife. Um, she was gorgeous. Um, kind of remind me of Rihanna. I was like, okay, okay, you know, she she played the, the little you know thing like that, but she was mm-hmm. so pretty. And um, there's a lot of things I saw that I ignored because I thought I was untouchable. I thought I can change things. You can't change mm-hmm. people. You know, got to pay attention to those signs. You know, yes. And it, you know, it, you you can't make nobody be what you want them to be. But yeah. Other than that, she gave me my first daughter, and she became my queen for doing that. Now. Being a queen, you know, sometimes people have to earn that queen thing or, you know, not just be inherited in that. So I gave her that crown and uh, shortly after I had another daughter. So it changed the way I thought as far as being a man, because I have two queens now with along with my queen, my princesses and queens. So you do away the black book, you you start, you know, losing yourself to to focus on your family. So I did a lot of that. And I put myself last and stuff like that. But I started noticing things about what she needed from me. Was it me or was it the money that I was making or the things that I can provide? I was in the mortgage industry at the time and we went through a crash and money became a little tight. And so that's the Superman thing where you're always saying yes all the time. So what happens when we say, hey, baby, we need to uh, you know, cut back. You know, We need to scale back. You know, you have cats out there still slinging the D-boys and stuff like that. So my wife was attracted to money, but I didn't care about that because I had a Superman complex. I thought it was more about the D and the C and cash and not about paying attention to your surroundings. Because I honestly, I felt like I was untouchable. Nobody could touch me because I was laying it down, whatever. But in relationships, it's more than just the physical and the cash. It's also the mental and the spiritual connections that you have. And my mom always told me, make sure you marry somebody that's evenly yoked. Yes. That that, that goes mm-hmm. more spiritual, that goes financial in all aspects of it. It's like a tripod. One of the things knocks right, it's going to fall over. So, you know, things happen in the marriage. I'm not going to talk about that because she mm-hmm. is getting better. Um, but we went through a divorce and it was because of some infidelities, not on my part, because that was my queen, believe it or not, it wasn't on me. But I felt like a failure because I couldn't hold my family together. So that led to a lot of other things when you go through the divorce and you're not reaching out to your brothers for help. I um, went into a cocoon. A lot of people was asking me what was going on. Can it be of help? I didn't want to talk about it because I was embarrassed. You know, Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of things was happening. Gave away the house. Didn't seek any counsel. Just gave away a lot of stuff. But you remember the story I told you about people when they draw in and they mess up. You know, she found Mm -hmm. out messed up. But at the time, I didn't understand. So instead of trying to fix things, she made things worse. Not only did she take it out on me, she took it out on my kids. I ended up getting both of my kids with me. There's a lot of things that happened with that. Even when I uh, found out about the divorce, she didn't even talk to me about it. I was served on my job in the worst embarrassing way. You know, they served me my papers right there. You know, you always said that girl at the front desk, like, oh, no, she didn't. I'm like, oh, man, it's just so embarrassing. So basically wanted to hide. But, um, you know, I went through all that and she started hating the kids and using the kids as a weapon. I didn't I didn't know anything about it. I didn't know how to fight it because as football players, when we were faced with adversity, all we knew was to smash and go harder, go harder, go go in at them. And I had one of my best friends, uh, Mr. Jesse Houston. He told me, he said, man, you're a brilliant businessman. Take the emotion out of it. Learn how to go through this divorce as a business transaction so you can take care of yourself. I couldn't take the emotion out of it, man. Went in depression, just hyperventilating because I couldn't see my two daughters. And they played a lot of games with that. But I learned to get out of it. And, uh, you know, 
sought advice from different coaches. Coach Jones, I appreciate you. He told me some things, and I'll be honest with you, man. Uh, I'm from Miami. We got that man mentality. The dude she was messing yeah. with on games, they were still trying me. So I wanted to act like it was Halloween. If you know what that means, I wanted to mask up and go hell yeah, with yeah. But I had mentors that told me, you know, you can't do things like that. And of course, I was stubborn. I was well connected. So I was like, man, I ain't worried about none of that. I ain't worried about none yeah. of that. Nobody could touch me. But he, you know, he sat me down and told me some things that saved my life. Yes. You know, I have been in jail. I could have done a lot of crazy, stupid things and not even being able to be there for my daughter. So it goes about communication. And it's a lot of things about having that macho stigma, that black man stigma, where we don't even talk about the things that we're going to. But women have a big support staff that helps them. Absolutely. And thank you. And that's one of the things, um, as I said, I'm proud of you, black man. And that's why we have the month of black man's dialogue. Because as I listen to you say certain things, man, mm -hmm. you were being transparent. Right. And then um, the philosophy of Dr. Brother Suave, his transparency equates right. to empowerment. And so as you was talking about this, it, it was, um, you know, and, and I remember uh, the nine divine personality characteristics. It's uh, some um, affirmations that I created. It's mm -hmm. always having accountability partners. But sometimes mm -hmm. our ego and our pride don't want to talk and share. And sometimes we don't have, have an opportunity to be held accountable. Because what happens is, see, when you're emotional, emotions block your ability to be sensible, rational, and logical. So sometimes you don't make the best decisions when you're in that state of mind. Right. When you have somebody to bounce some things off because they're not in a hurricane when you are. So they can make some good decisions for you. And then sometimes they'll talk to you and say, listen, go get counseling. Because of somebody that they can talk to who are professionals, they are objective, and they're not taking your side. They're taking and being a voice of reason. And so I just think, um, like when you was, uh, it's a theory I call the RRJ process. That means you romanticize, rationalize, and justify. And that's right. when you was feeling that you could change a person. Right. And we can't. Cannot. You know, and then sometimes that happens when a person thinks, that they can change a person, especially when you are, and I could say uh, a person who's doing well for themselves, good looking, athletic, um, you know, the man on campus doing some big things. I yeah. know I, I, I had that ego and you just say, and so sometimes when you have that option to pick and choose what you want, right? because I, I think uh, this, this stigma that they think that we don't want to be married and settle down. Yeah. But sometimes because we may think this and we look at a certain person a certain way, they don't understand we want it. But sometimes they have to uh, act a certain way. So when we actually fall in love, make right. that commitment and marry and have children. It's all hard. Yeah, like you said, I threw you threw away the black book. Same here. Yeah. And then you like um now you're starting to see another side. You're like, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. And yeah. then the, the weird thing is sometimes you're like, hey, what's going on? And then when it goes left, you're like, man, you know, maybe I missed some things. Right. Maybe I should have uh, slowed down. And I think that's one of the things in terms of my failed relationships. I um, wrote this book called The Ten Commandments of Intimacy, Guidelines mm -hmm. to Building Strong, Healthy, and Compatible Relationships from a Social, Spiritual, in clinical perspective. So when you was mentioning um, um, equally yoked, it just made me think because equally yoked is just not from a spiritual perspective. Correct. Correct. When it comes from a social perspective, a developmental perspective, a financial perspective, a, a, a psychological, and in so many different areas other than your spiritual philosophy, like you being a Baptist and she's being a Baptist. There was right. a lot of other things. Yes. You could be a Baptist but you could be a crazy Baptist. You could be a Baptist, but you could be a broke Baptist. You could <laughs> exactly. be a Baptist that has a whole bunch of generational curses attached to you. So those are the things that um, I think um, we have to really examine. And, and, I, and I just listen to all of us when we have to always be mindful how important emotional intelligence is. And I, I just want to tell you, I'm happy that you had the, the brother Jesse who mentored you 
and uh, I think some of the other coaches. And we have yeah, to use Coach Jones. Yeah, Coach Jones, he helped me out a lot. Yeah, and and I can tell you this, and 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 those who are listening, um, for any brothers who know me, I'm gonna always sow into the brother's life, and and I'm not sitting there giving myself a pat on the back, but I will have uh, some strong conversations when it comes to my brother's accountability and try to share some of my knowledge with them because, you know, it's important that we are transparent and we share and we mentor each other and talk about each other because there's so much we can learn because a lot of times um, some people didn't always have the same background. So if you have some information, it's, people don't understand, it's about the strong sowing to the lives of the weak. And not saying that people aren't weak, but weak in terms of resources or information. So, mm-hmm. man... That's definitely, I appreciate you, man. Yeah, I want to touch one more thing. You you said about responsibility. We got to take responsibility because one of the things I had to do during the divorce is take these courses uh, and understand what happened. Uh, even though she was real left with that, I had a lot of responsibility in it too, but creating that monster. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're the one who didn't say no. You're the one who yes. always did with the money. You're the one who created this, and I'm like, "What do you mean, me? Like, yeah, oh, man, I'm the I'm the best thing to slice bread. What are you What are you talking about? So we have to take responsibility in a lot of things that we do, and understand that if you pick a snake, snake bites you. Whose fault is it? Is it a snake or is it your fault? You no. don't get that. You're not taking responsibility for your actions. And if you're creating this stigma of you can do all this stuff and you don't keep it up. And you, where you matter and how you matter is how you're going to lose it. So we got to take some responsibilities, too, for some of the things that happen in a relationship and, um, you know, own up to the things. And uh, some of the things I have on my point is always hearing and listening. Hearing from the advance, you know, the advice that you're getting or listening to your mate or just listening to that inner self of that God man that's talking to you about it. Take responsibility yeah. for some of these things that, that you go through because in, in each argument, it's always two sides in a relationship. It's always mostly with two people. So yeah. there's another side to it. So certain parts I had to take responsibility to, uh, to it, understand how to cultivate myself. So I wouldn't bring the baggage into the next relationship, which honestly I said, you know, I could say that I did, you know, I was, um, some damaged goods, as you can say, uh, you know, I lost it during the um, divorce. Um, my mom, you know, passed away. She was a minister. And she says, let's pray. I said, man, I want to hear nothing from God. Um, I want to be a monster. I, I, just, I don't want nothing like that. You know, try to do this or that. And I would go bad places and do bad things. And people look at me and I said, this is not you, man. Don't do yeah. this. You know, even with my my brothers in South Carolina State and Central, they was having all these alumni stuff. Man, I was secluded. You know, I'd never mm-hmm. spike out to none of them cats. I haven't been back there for a while, but I was in a dark spot, man. I was in a in a dark places, and my true friends they know about that, man. Lots yeah. of tons and tons of thousands of dollars are going back and forth the court trying to see my babies, spending all this. People give me advice, but it wasn't really seeking. So responsibility and listening, man, is a, is a key point to overcoming some of these hurdles and tragedies. Yeah, and I think sometimes um, seclusion may be a bad thing, but it's a time to reflect yeah, rejuvenate and, and, and think about moving forward and that's one of the things that when you take that time because see you can sit there and blame others but like you said taking personal responsibilities you know taking your time to to, to learn about yourself and and you do that through self-care self-love uh, emotional intelligence and self-awareness also with accountability partners those things are vital and so sometimes when you sit there and have responsible people in your circle. Not yes people, but there's somebody yes. that's when you're wrong and right. Yes. Yeah. So I always say if a person loves you and respect you, they're not afraid to confront those behaviors. Right. It's not that they hate you or dislike you. They just like the actions and the behaviors and they know the outcome. Right. You which know. I want to talk about this too. You, you know, you say sit back in the, in seclusion, which is good, but it leads me to my next topic about the mental and physical abuse. Like sometimes we as black men or just men, period, we don't talk about this kind of stuff. So being alone sometimes will have a negative effect on us and mm-hmm. all these kind of relationships. Because we're football players and athletes, sometimes we don't know how to handle these little things, man. We need somebody to talk to us because crazy thoughts go in your head. You know, yeah. you want to retaliate. 
So it's a lot of mental stuff that's going out there. Look at Johnny Depp. You never would think that was going on with him. Look at mm -hmm. Will Smith, very successful, abuse. And uh, you know, what our brothers that we lost, man, Steve Manair. You never would have thought that, man. Money doesn't change things, man. It's no. a lot of mental and physical abuse that goes on in these bad relationships. And we need to talk about it and seek help and talk to our brothers. We hide that and we sweep that under the mm -hmm. rug. So in my case, you know, I had a spiritual background. So at least my faith in God was enough, you know, or close enough to help me out. And I did have a couple of few good brothers around me to help me out. But I was a I was a, a good wreck, man. Um, I didn't think I was handsome anymore. I was I didn't think that uh, I was successful enough. And, you know, believe it or not, man, when I met this dude, I'm like this, this is what she did that shit for. And nine out of ten times, man, when somebody dogs you or does something wrong, that person is nothing what you thought. You know, I had all these things I did do. Tall. Yeah, so much cool. man. This man was a clown, which even hurt even more because if he was better than me, or at least to my standards of being better than me, I'd be like, yeah, I understand. But mm -hmm. you know, it was it was a shock on my ego. My ego took a lot. And um, you know, a man's pride sometimes is his downfall. And me being a star athlete, you know, when somebody's across from me, that cornerback, you know, I want to beat you, man. I always want to win. So at this point, I wasn't winning. I didn't really know how to deal with it. So mental and physical abuse. Let's talk about that, man. So, so let's let's talk about it. So, do you believe that um, physical and mental abuse? Do you think men experience these things? Yeah, it's just not put out to the forefront. Now, let me give you an example. After I went through the divorce and stuff, started meeting other girls, and you know, I just didn't have, I wasn't like we say, playing the radio. So a lot of these people, I tell them, hey, you know, I got time for you, but they start stalking you and throwing rocks and breaking windows, and you go to the police station, hey, I want to file a restraining order. Mm -hmm. ah, they laughing at you. Oh, this girl yeah. me, and I'm crying. They laughing at you. You see a man crying and pleading out his soul. Next thing, he's a meme on social media. And uh, we so we keep it to ourselves. We don't we don't say that that girl hurt me because you do that you weak. You yeah, weak. yeah. And, Consider that being weak. But yeah. you know, there's a lot of girls that take advantage of these men, social and mental and physical. Some girls beat on them. Bah, bah, yeah. bah, bah. Some of them got some real good jabs and stuff like that. But <laughs> that mental abuse is something different, though. Absolutely, it doesn't show up. You get hit, you have a scar that heals. But that mental abuse, you don't know how deep it went. Yeah. You don't know the depths of it. You know, we as men, we want to be loved too. You know, we have that Superman complex, but we want to come home and be loved. But you tell yeah. somebody they're not good enough. What you're doing is not good enough. You're doing everything in your power to make sure. So mentally, it, it, it does take a toll. And yeah. you need to, to get help with that because you're not going to be good for the next person. You, yeah. you're not, And that's one of the things that I appreciate your show with is because you do reach out. And I'm going to tell you guys out there, this man does this off air too. He don't always call you for the money or none of that stuff. He checks in on you. Hey, how you doing, bro? I just want to talk to you. He still talk knows about his stupid school and stuff, but he reaches out to me every freaking time. And, I, and you know, he be traveling, jet setting, and we talk noise about things, but it's always about reaching out. It's not always about money. It's just checking on your brother. Are you okay? You know, and that's one of the things I want to tell you about. And it does exist. Mental abuse for men, it does exist. Will Smith. You know, yeah, it, it it was hard for me to see that, you know, yeah. I understand all sides of it. Could he have handled it differently? But you don't know the day to day mental things. And he just broke down and he reacted. Yeah. Some of us react with guns and we shoot the next man over somebody that doesn't even care about us. man. Like mm -hmm. it could have, you know, everybody said, oh, I would have did it different. You don't know what you would have done. You know, yeah. I know some guys who caught their their significant others right in the bed. I never had that experience, but. I was like, brother, how did you do it? He was, like, he was able to walk away. But we got to have forms available to understand yeah. how to deal with these things. And one of our viewers say it does exist. Yeah, it exists. And all these men is, you know, we, we take it to ourselves and we hold it in. You know, mm -hmm. we don't want to tell somebody just that thing hurt me because you, yeah. wanna be, you don't want to get laughed at. Yeah. But we need, to, we need to heal because it filtered down to your children. It filtered down to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next, to the next. And some of these women write, why well, don't got a good man? The man started off good. He met a couple of y'all and then his whole viewpoint changed. And that's See? as a result of trauma. So when you experience trauma, it could be generational. Yeah. However, it changed your perception of the world and, and, and it significantly impacts relationships. And you was mentioning something about abuse. I remember um, 
um, being attacked when I, as again, a lot of people are learning things from social media. They're learning things from hearsay and they're learning things off the street. But as a professional, you learn about statistics. And I say numbers don't lie. They are stubborn. And um, and when it comes to domestic violence and violence, um, a lot of times people don't know and they get offended. And this is what I'm saying. It can't go from zero to 100. You can ask questions like, well, where do you get those numbers from? Well, the CDC and um, um, Department of Black um, Statistics and all those things, just uh, um, learning. And statistics were showing that women commit violence a lot more. It's just that we, as the male species, we don't report it. So let's say you get in an argument. You may get struck three or four or five times. You get it three or four or five times until you get fed up and you push one time and then the police been called. Yeah, I'm a witness and, 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 and then so what happens is there are the, the, the reports are, are so skewed. But when they get down to it, they find out that isn't, you know, it's just this, this, these narratives are, are presented. And so with the emotion abuse, and this is one of the things that, again, a lot of deflection goes on in our community when they talk about toxic masculinity. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think people really understand when it comes to mental abuse, when it comes to uh, um, toxic femina- femininity, you know, mm-hmm. saying things and becoming so masculine and taking on those characteristics and saying, well, I don't love a man or I'm not doing this. And, and, and those things for the brothers who want to be in a relationship, they're getting mentally manipulated, hurt. Mm-hmm. And and it is a, a thing got there. And I think sometimes, but they only address our issues. And together we have to be able to have um, not only a black man's dialogue, not only a black woman's dialogue, but a dialogue between the genders so we can have a better understanding because we need to improve these dynamics. Right. But it just has to stop going from zero to 100 in a matter of seconds. We have to be able to listen to one another and respect each other and and, 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 and stop misinterpreting what a person says. Quote people. Quote them. Don't change what they said for your benefit. Mm-hmm. And that hurts us. So if I say this is my favorite color, black, don't say well, I think he said it's sort of black, but I believe it's sort of gray. <laughs> he said black and leave it as so. Right. If you want to ask questions, ask questions, but do not misinterpret or misquote the person. So, man, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm happy that you was discussing mental and physical health because, I mean, abuse, because those things exist. And um, I think society as a whole, we need to really come to the realities of these dynamics. Yeah, and I want to talk about that a little bit more. You got to be in tune with yourself because it happened to me, you know, got in an argument, like brothers were saying, um, my my ex-wife light skin and everything, and you know, start getting all out of crazy. And I, you know, I made this statement like, look, there ain't nothing you could do to me physically, so you need to stop this man. And, you know, you hold him down, and next thing you know, whoop, whoop, they're there, and it's a nice conversation when one cop comes, and next cops come, next thing you're being roped off. But you know, I was an athlete, so you mouthing off to the cop like that. Jumped on, she started, and they think I'm, I'm in the back of the paddy wagon. You got a rest record, you got to explain this shit in the financial field. That stuff follows you, man. Be careful, understand what you're dealing with. Walk away, talk to somebody, talk about these things because that case it went a certain way. Another case, you may snap. You as an athlete, you way maybe stronger than her. Like that, you snap and you grab and you do some things there, and then the kids see it. It's 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 just a bad situation. Yeah, and that absolutely. stuff follows you. That stuff follows you around. So we got to get in control of that. Uh, it, that it's it's a lot of abuse, but you got to have the channels to understand how to react to it and to know what to do to it. And talk to brothers. Oh, that happened to you. Oh my gosh, now I know what to do. I heard it on the podcast. Just walk away as soon as you see it, man. Just walk away. Yeah, Remove yourself from the room. Take a nap. Run, get away from that situation because yeah. not all females, but some females, they're quick to put the lie in between you. You're gonna be cuffed up, and then you're yeah. gonna be struggling trying to figure out what's happening. So yeah, I definitely agree because one of the most painful experiences in life is the pain of regret. So sometimes it's imperative that we just walk away, forget about um winning that very small battle. You're trying to win a big war, and the big war is trying to keep those felonies off you, trying to keep those regrets off you and trying to do whatever you can to be the best man, best father, best human being as possible, you know? 
Yeah, because the last time that happened to me, you know, it happened to me twice. But the second time, my daughter actually saved me because she was able to tell the cops what had happened. My daddy didn't do nothing. He just stood there and she was just punching on him or whatever. But if my daughter wasn't there, you know, yeah. I would have been, been under, under the jail cell. But it was sad that she saw that. But I was glad that my daughter was there. Um, my daughters ended up staying with me. They was there for a lot of things that you got to go through with the, the system. Even when you go to court during divorce, they, end, they don't even want to hear you. No. They don't even talk to you. you they tell you to shut up. Uh, gentlemen, you got to know your rights, man. You, yeah. you, you got to be prepared. Take notes. The day that I walked out, I thought that was it. I was still giving money. But when I went to court, none of that was relative. They said it was a gift. Yeah, I definitely. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, and that's the thing. You know, the thing is, it's almost like our word is nothing. And the thing is, even when you have receipts, they say it's a gift. And and, and, and as far as I'm concerned, I think they need to say, hey, okay, if you could produce these receipts, these receipts say it's going towards a child, let's use some um, discretion to say, well, this receipt wouldn't say um lively kids daycare if it wasn't for a daycare and and the thing is you having the receipts and they need to use the discretion say you know what this is what you're going to pay but you're going to get credit for this point because mm-hmm. when you don't get credit for all that it adds up and i'm definitely a, a witness i mean i experienced that so i'm like whoa wait i did this i did this and you're going to tell me um i understand you 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 giving me a a, a, a um a monthly payment, but I do think I should receive some type of credit because, you know, I, I did produce these documents, these right. documents for cheers, um, these documents you gotta for, be, you for gotta be organized. You, you, yeah. You, but the, the thing is, uh, um, brother Fred, even with those documents, they just won't believe you, but they can believe the other party. And this is why sometimes I think we are like, um, puppets with the system because, mm. It's almost like she could say anything and they believe it. You have to prove it. I'll give you an example with me. Um, my daughter ended up living with me when she was 11 and I had two daughters. So we made an arrangement to where I would take care of one. She'd take care of the other one. You know, I was kind of well off. So we had private attorneys. I never went through the court system. Mm-hmm. Um, get on the papers to save you. But anyway, went through yes, the court yes. system. You know, <laughs> I had my papers, attorneys. brothers. Yeah. It, uh, I went through my private attorney. So I tell my daughter, so for seven years, I had my daughter's was up and down. I was in the mortgage industry, then finally got back situated. I didn't have everything on paper. So she went back and told the people I ain't never paid anything. So imagine seven years, you don't have documents from then. A lot of things change. They came after me for 145000 dollars oh so i so i guess you beat me out huh they froze <laughs> all my stuff i was in the process of buying a townhouse with rooms for both of my daughters and all of a sudden yes. my being frozen i'm like what, 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 what happened i mean been they come up with brother. brothers when they're a hundred dollars behind how do i get to a hundred and forty five thousand dollars behind on child support yeah gentlemen that ruins your credit yes your ability to get jobs you can get your license suspended you could go to jail. Been there, bro. I know all of that. Saying. All of that. <laughs> and you know, I work in the financial field. Uh, I know what it's like when underwriters see that there be job behind on child support. Yeah. You don't get homes. You don't get loans. Yeah. You, you, you cannot function. Your driver license is suspended. They have no, you know, because of some bad guys out there. They didn't see that. And I have my daughter with me. Well, so it's not just your driver's license. Any of your credentials. Right. And when those I, credentials could be in your profession. And so when they suspend those mm-hmm. things, it affects your ability to work. So not right. to just the driving, but the credentials. And you're like, hey, wait, what's going on? And it's like you, they judge you based on what those things happen. And a lot of things are so unfair. Mm-hmm. But again, but this is what I, I tell people. There is a difference, um, ladies, between the man a grown boy and an adult male. See, we could, as men, we can go through things, you know, but guess what? Men understand how important it is to stay focused. Don't let your emotion dictate your actions. Right. By doing something that, as I say, one of the most painful experiences in life is the pain of regret. You got to stay focused on the prize and the prize is our children. The prize is representing ourselves 
It's not a stereotype of being a, a deadbeat. Uh, not being a stereotype of the man who's going to live off a woman, not being a stereotype of the man who's going to understand that we're going to have some trials and tribulations, some ups and downs. But guess what? At the end of the day, we end up continue, continuing to be successful, continuing to be driven, and continue to reach Mazel hierarchy and needs. And we end up being successful because we are getting to the point of sex self-actualization and we have we do it and this is one of the things i I try to say a lot of times i hear ladies it's not no good men out there it's actually a lot of good men and and i think they have to start understanding the difference between the grown men the grown boys the grown males the grown boys the adult males and the men because when they stereotype men we all do what we're supposed to do so when we're having this thing black men don't cheat that's exactly what we mean because they getting us mixed up with the black grown boys or the black adult males men we handle our business you know that's why i'm always saying i'm proud of you black man and so a lot of times they're hearing as what we're talking about tonight you know we hurt we cry we get upset we have feelings we love our children we don't want to be separated from our children we don't want to uh, be abused emotionally, psychologically, physically, and 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 we have um, issues when it comes to depression. We right. get sad, yeah. you know, and and a lot of times when we try to be responsible enough to communicate those needs, sometimes those things are taken advantage of. Right. And so, and I think as a result of being like they say, hurt people hurt people, and sometimes right. this happens. So you have a um, a person named Charles Cummings. How do you know when you crossed over into manhood? Okay. Would you like to answer what I answered? Well, I'll tell you my version of knowing when you crossed over to manhood is when how you respond to things. Absolutely. That's 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 it. When I was a child, I did childish things. When I became a man, I did I put away those childish things and act differently. It's a way of being. You know, you don't respond the same way, you don't do the same things the same way. Um Let's let's give you a simple one. You pay your bills on time so you don't have no bad credit. That's part of it. You know, certain little things you go on and you start maturing and maturing. Dude says something to you on the street. Mm-hmm. Uh, you don't even know me. He going through whatever. I don't even work that way. Knowing how to deal with your female. A guy says something to you, girl. Of course he should say something. She look good. Hey, you know, it's just maturity level. Getting over to a man. It's, it's a mentality. And when it yeah. happens, you mm-hmm. know it because you're going to say, Oh man, I remember how I used to respond to this. I remember how yes. I used to do this. It, it doesn't even act that way. How I not become selfish and I'm putting other things first. My children come first. My woman does this, this and that. There's a, a problem with the roof. I handle that. Those how you know. It's yeah. not a word or a thing. It's actions. Yes, absolutely. And, and Brother Cummings, um, a man takes care of his family, his responsibility, his community, his family, and always sowing it to others. See, again, um, a lot of us, a great percentage of us, um, may not had fathers in our lives. So, and some have. So you have to look at brothers who didn't have, and they overcame that. Right. And they challenged themselves to be a better human being, a better a, 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 a person and being responsible. See, the thing is, there is decisions which you make. Because a lot of times we only hear perspectives from our mothers, aunties, and grandmas. Mm-hmm. And when you learn to be responsible, you understand you don't take advantage of your community. You don't take advantage of your children. And you definitely don't take advantage of your women. And the women could be your grandmothers, your aunties your mothers. See, when you start to, again, um, Brother Fred was saying, paying your own bills, paying your own way. You don't call yourself a man going from mama <laughs> to another female house yeah. and from another female, she kick you out back to mama. You learn how to be a man by saying no and taking on the responsibility. See, one of the, it was this man. He's my uncle. He never had anything, but the one thing he did was 
He kept that life insurance for his child. Mm -hmm. He lived over there um, in a rooming house. So he spent about 30 years in one room, but he never asked anybody for anything. He went to work every day. He always came over um, to my grandparents' house and helped my grandmother and did things around the house. While my grandfather was at work, he would take my grandmother places. He would always make sure he would support his grandchildren, making sure they was always, he was always supportive to all their events. He would always support his, his daughter. And he was always standing in the paint, protecting his family. He didn't have anything, but he always stood his ground. So he didn't go and stay with any women. He didn't worry about impressing, but he was able to take care of himself. Right. And he wasn't trying to compete with anybody. You understand? And and a lot of times, I, I think sometimes you have to be able to learn how to pay your own bills, keep a roof over your house, yourself, right. keep a roof over your head, get your own transportation, catch Uber, bus, or whatever. But learning how to depend on yourself. I, I just don't think a man to just, just go ahead and just live with a lady and, and let her take care of everything. I just think that's bad. And And, and yeah. sometimes guys don't have that information and they do it but once you have a level of consciousness um because i don't think you do better when you know better i think when you acquire discipline i think discipline is more important than knowledge because it's evident that we know we shouldn't be having children out of wedlock we should be saving we should be making better decisions investment and and understanding equal yoke so we know this stuff but it's not just about knowledge it's about discipline so um, and being able to, to talk to other brothers um, about what you see. And I, I like your question because a lot of brothers out there thinking they're a man. And that's just all of us are males. That brother mm -hmm. right there, Mr. Jones, mm -hmm. that brother right there, Dr. Brother Suave. Listen, I'm not going to brag, but I earned my um, title as a man. It says we need to get back to the basics. Absolutely. Because see, what happens is we get so far advanced if we forget about the basics. Like people say, you crawl before you walk. No, you crawl, you stand up and learn how to balance yourself, then you walk. There's basics to everything. Right. We, Which leads into, we have to understand. But leads into the next topic for us. What role mm -hmm. does social media plays? and mm. all this because oh the God. business have been shot out the window because of what we see on social media uh you know we're a little bit older so imagine what these young men and relationships are going through now where everything they've been doing is put on blast you know the mental abuse is put on blast you know your your, your, your girl is doing other things but it's put on blast yes uh, the way of living is put on social media you can't do x y and z for your wife let's talk about that how well, basis with that when it's all over social media. Yeah, I, I think um, everything does not require to be on social media. But yeah. I saw something today was very disturbing to me. It was a, 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 a and again these behaviors are so toxic. But when it's being when you holding this group accountable, they get frustrated and think it's disrespectful. So I saw a video today, and it said, "Oh, you say I'm so pretty." I'm so pretty. And then it says, yes, but I got an effed up attitude and you might not try me. And it's funny how they bragging about that as though that's a badge of honor. That's toxic. It's, it's, just, it's just foul. And they're bragging about it. And I think these attitudes, you see videos where they're doing certain things or a man beating a woman or a woman beating a man. And these are things that we are showing when we know that's not how relationships be. And we definitely should not brag about being violent towards one another. And um, so one of the things um, that you were talking about, uh, social media, and I, I think it definitely um, has done a, a bad thing, but it is also people out there, coaches and people mm -hmm. who are trying to be inspirational, who are trying to send positive messages. It's just unfortunate that some so many people gravitate to negativity right. versus uh, a positive. So, again, um, I think that sometimes you just have to get a support system, get a, a circle, and you right. can basically uh, address issues of mental health, 
our wellness and our stability and we listen to one another you know yes. and that's that's what we're doing and uh, that's why i appreciate you i know you got some other blogs that you talk about these issues because what i went through i i really didn't have all that kind of help um to really help me out you know grace of god i made it to where i'm at now it, it was a lot of stuff going on a lot of things that we didn't know financially mentally to help me out as a man i learned through trial and error uh, but mm -hmm. I'm a living witness that you can overcome. As long as yeah. you can look up, you can get up. So it's great. We have another question there. Oh, she was uh, just Amanda is just saying that it was it's so true. It can affect you um, in certain kind of ways. Good yeah. or bad, it definitely can affect you. Um, but the positive side of social media, it allows me to link with my brother, to touch out to other brothers. We talked about the circle of support. I met with a couple other brothers the other day, and there's a lot of great men are out there doing things and trying to reach back to claim what's ours and make sure that we have great relationships. The relationships is the key to us prospering. The relationships are broken right now. Uh, your brothers that were on last week, they had me glued because they yes. were talking about relationships and 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 Africa and how they do this and how they you know talk about the stories. I mean, I couldn't get out my. I was just like, whoa, that's yes. I didn't heard that in so long talking about the old stories how we watch this or how we watch that those are the basis we need to get back to and the basis is yes. family and we yes. have a broken family and it continues and continues to happen again we got to get back to loving one another and Absolutely. only each other accountable and stop putting your black brothers down and vice versa stop putting your sisters down and i i must admit i love me some sisters trust me i went through my divorce though i i dated outside because i i had enough but the best thing in the world is a black woman that you Absolutely. can Absolutely. But we got to get that back and, and restore our kind and our culture. And, yes. and even for my brown and Hispanic brothers, we need to do all the same thing, man. It's more than saggy pants and not raising our kids and let these women raise our kids because it's going to be the same thing. Absolutely. Over and over and over again. The core is family, man. Yes. Family values, loving each other. Like Brother Suave said, he didn't want this to be another hate segment because it's not a hate segment. I didn't dwell on what really happened. I dwell on the success after what happened. And just Absolutely. Back to you that you can grow from there. And a mm -hmm. shout out to my ex-wife. She's trying to do what's right now. Absolutely. You know, it'll be over for us, but there's still kids involved that are grown and older that are having their own kids. So it was all about forgiveness and moving on. And forgiveness is another topic that maybe Brother Suave needs to, to do because that is freaking hard to do. I'm yes. like, man. Well, yes. Yeah. And just remember, um, there's nothing a person can do to you that you can't forgive. And that's one thing we have to understand about the struggle with forgiveness and understanding how important it is. Because again, the forgiveness is not always about others, but it's about yourself and how you relieve yourself of that sometimes trauma and uh, mm -hmm. the, the moral and spiritual consequences of not forgiving. So, man, thank you so much. Um, listen, I want to say one thing. Um, if you're interested in having a black uh, man's dialogue, just check on uh, my website, uh, www.brotherswab.com. That's www.brotherswab.com. And um, reach out to me via um, email. And maybe we can come together and have our um, black man's dialogue and discuss some of these issues. And um, and I can come and give a presentation. So thank you, um, Mr. Fred Jones. Uh, thank you well, so well, much. Shout man. out to my boy, Raul. I saw you, dog. Yes. His brother, the, the boy holds me down. He done went through the same thing. Even yes. though he's not a pigment of me, he's, he knows what I'm talking about. Yes, a lot of us have. And this is why um, we was able to have a black man's dialogue. And I think that a lot of us need to have these discussions and that's why I delegated this month mm -hmm. to discussing, discussing these issues. And I thank you so much. And um, this has been a, a definitely a mind blowing, thought provoking and eye opening experience. So just remember on um, great minds reach great places. I love you. I mean it. Bye bye.
This program was made possible by Neighborhood Planet Broadcasting Systems, Neighborhood Planet Network, and from contributions to NPN TV from viewers like you. Thank you.